Welcome. Deep dive. My name's Jaws, obviously. And uh, finally, I've got Kerr. And I did want to read out a few things before we kind of got into this. Um, so I did a little bit of digging. Um, October 11th, 2011. Just bought a bulk pack of 90 airheads off Amazon for seven bucks. October 23rd, 2013. Holy crap, I'm the shittiest caster ever. Hashtag keep on trucking. And uh, May 4th, 2017. I'll be a duck owner one day, maybe two ducks. Either way, it's going to happen. Um, I thought I'd bring up those snippets okay. of history from your past there. I so you're, you're on your Nardwar uh, era right now. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing I some deep. I mean, this is called the deep dive, right? Yeah. Um. So I, we'll I let's dive. go through these real quick. What yeah, was the first yeah. one again? I'll tell you. I'll um, tell you the situation. October eleventh, twenty eleven. Just bought a bulk pack of ninety airheads off Amazon for seven bucks. What was your line of thinking on that? So that was. So I was twenty one. Believe it or not, that was around the time I got my first credit card. I know it took a while for me to get my first credit card. One of the first things I did, make an Amazon account. And on Amazon, I was like, man, you can buy candy on here. So, and I, I love Darehead. So I bought them and I have no self-control when it comes to candy. Um, so I ate all of it. And one day I got sick. Uh, that was when I was a shut-in nerd living with my parents, just streaming all day and you know, give me access to candy. I'll eat all the candy. So that was that. What was the second one? Second I one suck was at casting. 23rd. Yeah. 2020, uh, 2013. Holy crap. I'm the shittiest caster ever. Hashtag keep on trucking. Yeah. So I wanted to become a caster in TF2. I was a producer in TF2 for Team Fortress TV. I did the observing. That was basically production for Team Fortress TV. Be an observer with OBS open. Um, and that's what I did. And then I got a sh chance to cast. I think my first ever cast was with, was mi with Mr. Slynn. And Mr. Slynn, if you don't know Mr. Slynn, do some research. That man has done everything. He works for Twitch now. Um, but he hard carried me in the cast. And in a small community like TF2, um, the criticism is pretty brutal. Um, uh, yeah, because it's such okay. a tight-knit community. I mean, in any casting position the criticism is super brutal like you, i'm seeing it on twitter all the time right now the 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 butting heads of producers and casters and casters and casters it's not fun to read but anyway i was very bad at casting which is why i became a producer well, and I, I was very aware of it right from the jump i did it for like a year um but yeah trust me i i, I assume you popped off i don't believe those lies okay yeah. the last one uh may 4th 2017 i will be a duck owner one day maybe two ducks either way it's gonna happen yeah i think that was just i just think i like ducks at that time ducks are ducks were like s tier at that point for animals for me uh, they dropped significantly since 2014 man they don't like have you ever been around a duck for an incredibly long or i wouldn't even say an incredibly long time like an extended period of time yeah they they they're do, annoying they they're loud and they just kind of shit everywhere basically yep. yeah i don't want a duck i'm not yeah. gonna be a duck owner one day you got to put like donkeys and like otters at like the s tier those are those are some donkeys. good animals have you seen a donkey before they are they do very, they do seem very personable like you could really be like good friends with a yeah donkey it's like a horse but it's not like all muscle and kind of scary it's just yeah. cute and adorable and otters and are otter, wicked. Yeah, otters are just full of personality. So, anyway, 
That was a fun start. That's good. No, I like that. No, I honestly, yeah, I think around that time, 2017, maybe a little bit before too, there was a lot of like, I don't know if you feel this, but like the old internet, like old internet, like 10 years ago, like it had a very different feel to it. And like, that was, that was epic seeing like videos on maybe with like really bad smartphones of like people's like pet ducks and stuff like that. That was yeah. like weird back back then and you saw that and you were like wow that's you know that's actually pretty cool like maybe you know maybe that's what kind of inspired that tweet is that you wanted to i genuinely don't know i think i may have just been i was just bored trying to be an influencer before an influencer happened and i'm just like i need to post content online my fans need to see this when i have like a thousand followers on twitter and i thought i was famous i did um yeah i did wonder about the casting tweet because that's quite interesting. You obviously were into the TF2 scene. Uh, well, you still are, really. I mean, you've not exactly... It's the best like, game left. ever created. Yeah. I mean, you know, Germa apparently is maybe coming back to TF2. Um, he said in one of his streams <laughs> recently. He said okay. maybe MVM. I don't know if that was sarcastic or not, but yeah. He means he'll do two hours of a stream, get DDoSed, and then probably won't play it for a few years. That's enough. That's um, enough. I mean, the game's super fun. It's just yeah. hard to stream. Yeah, that's the that's the big problem. I remember Bren streaming it like I don't know, like six months ago or something. And I hopped in as well, and like we played together, and we were like messing around and stuff. And I'm like, the servers are gonna get DDoSed any second. I, I don't like. I I actually don't think that happens anymore. But that was like, those are some bad memories. Like the final years of me streaming TF2, that was like the thing. There was like a small community of people. I wouldn't say community, just like probably like a Discord of people that just anybody streaming TF2, let's DDoS them. Let's DDoS their server. Let's stream snipe them and hack. And it was probably really fun for them. They should have like made content out of it or something, but. Do nah. people like watching that kind of content though? I mean, I guess there's a niche for everything, people <laughs> hacking and stuff. That was, that was, do you remember? Man, this is a deep dive. We're on the deep dive. Go. Have you ever heard of Goron City? It was like the OG like trolling videos on YouTube with like oh, Counter-Strike yeah. 1.6. It was just a group of people that probably were on Ventrilla all day that would just, they would record themselves like hacking in servers and just people reacting to it. It was very popular content back in the day. And looking back now it is not really that funny but back in the day it was so funny to me and I, I i don't think i mean i think nowadays people don't like trolling content including myself it's really just kind of embarrassing to watch people be mean to each other but back yeah. in the day that was the best that was, was the like, bee's knees Seriously. it really was i was like 19 like these guys are so funny oh man he's raging it's, I, I don't know if you remember these ones because the, you probably will because these were the more popular ones because I've not heard of Goron City, but the Ventrilo harassment videos where yep. they go in and they like pretend to be Duke Nukem or like someone else and they're like, yeah. hey, and they, they, dude, the technology back then to be, to their credit, like you can barely get this kind of stuff working now, but like instantly recording someone and then playing their voice back through a mic, like that is some crazy kind of setup for like way back then. But I remember, well, it's the 14, uh, what was it? Uh, four strength, four stam, leather belt, like the, that classic what of Warcraft one. Yeah. And it, they just jump into a random public wow ventrilo. It's like, and the guy goes, oh, oh. 14, uh, four strength, four stam, leather belt, oh, level 18. Like that for me was like the cool trolling videos was like the wow ones. Um, but man. <laughs> 
that reminds me there's this old video you know that video of just like the iPhone. it's like the futuristic iphones and like xbox video that's like a meme do you remember that oh, oh I, it's like it's like the X- fake the xbox yeah, 720. 720 yeah that video is actually made by like a developer of fortnite like, what? Yeah. what? So the reason I am th- on this thought pattern is because of videos like that, like people that just make stupid videos, stupid content back in the day. I wonder what they're up to now, like because they were able to create such strange stuff. Yeah, that type of person works for uh, high res or not not high res. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Epic. Yeah, they're like one of the lead developers of Fortnite. It's just some guy that makes like. Let me find this video. Hold on youtube i'm sorry this is just X- ruining no, this pod is, no, right no this is fine I, I, this <laughs> is just ru- <laughs> before, before we jumped on the call i said i hate calling this a podcast but that's technically what it is but it's more of like i like to think as like an interview but i do know i do know what you mean because those 720 videos playstation 6 playstation 5's like before obviously the modern day now it's just like those videos were so synonymous of like old internet it's it's ridiculous yeah so the the video i linked obviously we're not gonna be able to watch it right now but it's called future gen consoles we 2 ps4 xbox 720 question mark and it has the let the bodies hit the floor oh, soundtrack with a slideshow of just ridiculous looking software and then the description just says update it's been a long time since i made this video smiley face i now work on the fortnite team at epic games funny how things turn <laughs> out follow me on twitter epic ghosty are you kidding me that's crazy the come up is real from making just stupid fortnite no stupid uh xbox 720 meme videos to working on the epic games team making fortnite like to be fair like back then too you even think about these custom images people made and it's like there's a little bit of there's skill in that making yes. that kind of thing like a lot of it is very satire like the wii 2 and stuff like that which turned out to be the wii u which was a terrible console but it's like a little silly how um how we kind of perceive those back then is like oh this is such a stupid video and it's like well actually if you look at it kind of skillful like making these images creating these 3d renders because the 720 i have in my mind is the sphere and it just looks like the original yeah. xbox logo and then it's got like a disc drive or like it pops up at the top and then you put the disc and it, everybody was like yo that's crazy yeah they those type of videos actually like baited people back in the day yeah and i know we're just on like some nostalgia trip right now but yeah People that make that meme content actually have jobs in social media right now. They're like actual yeah. social media managers. Like, for example, in Valorant Sentinels, their entire brand is just their social media manager being great. Uh, other, like, obviously their team was good when the game first launched, which right. helped. But if their social media management wasn't as good as it is, like, it's just baiting posts, going viral with like every one of their tweets, like having that edge, it's essentially their entire brand. Uh, it's amazing how much impact just one person behind a computer could have. And hopefully hopefully that person is getting paid out the ass, by the way. I, I don't know if that works in the Overwatch League or any other uh, eSport, but the Sentinels' Twitter account managers are just next level. Who's goaded? 
Yeah, we are, have, are there uh, any in, in Valorant or excuse me in Overwatch? Watch, yeah, the shock, which the shock. is yeah, the shock, which is like the NRG people, um, Sen, who does all the social media management for the Overwatch and some of the stuff for the main NRG Twitter. They are really good. Like mm-hmm. they any kind of like weird but like super fresh meme or like anything that comes out in the cultural like guys like they are on that shit Mm -hmm. like crazy like yeah the shock twitter goes hard then recently a lot of the social media managers have been stepping up their game vancouver titan social media has been good apart from the situation that happened recently but like uh when they make meme tweets like they're very good boss not rising Two played into their like the team narrative from like the off season to the to the actual regular season they played off that so hard and they had like you know beef with Mm -hmm. uh, the titan social media and it was Nah, dude. dude like recently, the Vancouver so Titans, good. I think what I haven't followed Overwatch League in a while, but I'm assuming the jumpstart of their social media like arc, which I'm assuming is pretty high right now, is the breadsticks. The the best accidental oh, the, activation. Yes, I, I believe it was time. 2020 when they were just horrible, but they just had this breadsticks activation yeah, with Pizza Hut that just blew up i think it's partially due to plat chat and people like sideshow uh reinforce and yeah who, who was on the a, show you at the time yeah and you're connor carrying, as well connor of course yeah. just carrying the crap out of that it's a great activation shout out to it was insane because yeah connor's co-stream too whenever we were in it when the titans were on it was like that was the meme it was like the breadsticks game and then mm-hmm. they also had they also made a bingo card as well and mm-hmm. like their social media from there has just been getting better and better as like the years have gone on and now now i think overwatch league twitter is in a phase of like they're just clowning on each other the teams and it and then everybody just clowns on the vegas eternal and then it's like all the top teams kind of clown on the lower ranked teams but then when the shock loses everybody kind of clowns on them like all these like small little beefs that's going on and that's that kind of stage we're at right now but it is so funny it mm-hmm. is so good and that's what you need like Obviously, with uh, Valorant, it's like Sentinels, but just any kind of memes and like beef on the timeline is just that's what you need to keep people engaged, man. I mean, that's kind of how the entire infrastructure of Platchat works is just we just report yeah. on what is going on. I, I mean, it's basically we just we're like the Ludwig of esports, kind of, where you just this is what's happening right now. Like, we're we're just reporting on what is going on and explaining what is going on. It's yeah. just like a news out, a modern age news outlet for like esports or whatever game we're doing, like with Overwatch and Valorant currently, and the social media and accounts and the beef and the drama and the memes is pretty much what creates, what allows our shows to even function. Obviously, the games as well, but yeah. as you know, Overwatch League and Valorant, to a lesser extent, have really long off seasons and we need to fill those gaps with something yeah oh man like we've pivoted in overwatch recently like rightfully so and it was kind of like my idea mixed with like connor's as well like we need to start talking about the game as well like the actual game to kind of drag in some casuals and like you know oh here's the new patch like what do you think is it good is it bad like what's the good heroes right now like drag that stuff in because yeah the off seasons come and i'm like okay so we can do the next two weeks worth of episodes pretty okay i guess because you can talk about what happened in the season and then you can do like platcha mvps and stuff like that but then it's just 
nothing and i'm like okay what do we talk about this week man like i i have some beef with another mercy player on, on the rank ladder okay we can talk about that i guess like uh, just but filling that time in the off season is just painful i sometimes. do feel like those periods kind of what make what helps strengthen our show um i think what makes plat chat special over a lot of other podcasts especially podcasts that just like pop up and then they die even if they have like really good talent is because you have those long stretches of just like actual bullshitting just for yeah. hours and you develop like a rapport and obviously a friendship with the people that you're on and you can fill in that time and that <laughs> i don't know it builds a, a really good rapport with all the other people on the cast and develops the identity of the show beyond just like we are talking about the game because yeah. a lot of podcasts just appear and it's like we need to we need analysis we need to appeal to the 0.1% of viewers that want the extreme hardcore analysis they'll watch the content anyway but we we want to appeal to the tiniest demographic possible because that's us yeah so i, mean, that's I think that's hard to do in like YouTube videos, like 10 minute YouTube videos, let alone like a podcast where you're sitting there for like an hour. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshitting that needs to happen and it needs to happen consistently throughout every episode, throughout the entirety of the lifespan of the podcast. Otherwise you're, like you said, you're not going to build a rapport with the viewers either. You're not going to be, oh, Connor's the funny one. Like, haha, like Scott's the ex-pro and Johnny, you know, does his thing and I do backflips in the background. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to you have to build that rapport because man the breaks are hard but then also during the season sometimes it's like okay some weeks games just happened uh, they weren't that great there were some cool ones but like nothing happened really like yeah it's doing a it's, podcast for that long is tough it's it's fun though because sometimes because you go through those tough periods and you like coast along you do okay the viewers are okay people the people that are watching are enjoying it and then you have episodes where it's just like you just had a banger tournament and yeah. all you are doing is just talking about it and just like watching clips like it's it's the easiest content ever but because you build that chemistry with the other talent and with like the production and whatnot you are able to produce just extremely easy flowing episodes that just bang and i credit that like all of the years that we've done with uh plat chat overwatch and plat chat valorant to Platinum Valorant growing so well. Obviously, the game is doing really well, and the show is doing well because of all of those things. Um, and yeah, I, I really am happy with how things are going. And also, I'm not going to promise anything, but I have. I want to build everything that I have for the Platinum Valorant show into the Platinum Overwatch show. So Solomon or any producer that is doing platcha overwatch can just have my exact setup at all times but for the overwatch show everything that i built but for the overwatch show and if we add more shows add them to those shows as well because i want the it, it does feel like the overwatch show is developing a new identity because of all of the changes that happened yeah. at the beginning of the last season i believe where myself sideshow bren uh and I mean, Matt was gone a long time ago. We just we just didn't have the capacity to do the show anymore. We just didn't yeah. have time. Didn't have time to keep up with the game. Didn't have time to produce it. And I feel like, I, I mean, I just think I see so much potential in the Overwatch show. Like, obviously, you guys are doing a great job with it, but I wanna I wanna still contribute in some way. Yeah. And no, that's fair. Develop it. What you make is a bit ridiculous, and 
let's uh i want to like jump back to when we lived together in like 2020 that was like my first time like living in the states and we lived in the, the papega house and it was just that place was a mess in fact when i was scrolling through some of your old tweets actually i did um i did stumble across a video of yours that just of oh, it actually sent me it sent me i'll uh, i'll try and let me guess let me guess what it is okay go let on let me guess on. what it is is it <laughs> actually i don't know if it's public but is it a video of us with the combined wine and Cheez-Its? <laughs> no, like, I don't think that's public. No, it's, okay, it's, that's not public. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we, no. one of the last, like the last few months we were there, it was COVID. We're living in a house with six people. We're losing our minds. We all are getting along, but we're losing our freaking minds. So there's this grocery store, one of the only places we could go to because none of us had cars. We would go to Ralph's. We'd walk there, go grocery shopping, blah, blah, blah. It was basically all we did outside. One day we went to Ralph's and we saw this thing called, I forgot what it was called, but it was a Cheez-Its wine box. So you know how yeah. you can buy boxed wine? That's depressing enough. But what if, what if you could get Cheez-Its attached to that wine box? And that's what we bought. And we just so recorded ourselves try taste testing the wine. And it's just the most manic video of all time. I was just eating Jesus out of this wine box and taste testing the wine. It's like anyway, degenerate. It like, was it, the most degenerate COVID video I've ever experienced. And I have to show it with you. Maybe you can play it at the end of this video or like during this video. I don't, I don't know I'll if you want to edit it. I'll have to maybe edit that in at the end or like during the video or something. Yeah, but that like that's degenerate like enough. But that that's not public. The what I found was, do you remember when our? It's actually just happened to my washing machine, funnily enough, and it just starts shaking. It just starts shaking, and you walk up. You're like in the corridor on the on the first floor of the house. All the cables are everywhere, and you're walking down. You can hear this. It's getting louder, and then you open the door, and it's just the washing machine, like boom, 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 shaking across the floor. Well, it's in a cupboard, but so it's not like shaking across the floor, but it's just shaking and moving like this. Oh my god! It was the most anxiety-inducing thing because it's just like we have to do our laundry. We have five people or six people in the house, plus a couple cats. Poor Scott, his room is right next to this laundry machine. I, I I wonder how loud it was for him, but it was the loudest. It, it was like a hurricane every time someone did the laundry, and the laundry was going yeah. on all the time because we had six people in the house. Actually, what ended up happening is because a lot of us are degenerates or were degenerates at the time, we would stockpile all of our clothes and then just do our laundry for like 12 hours one day yeah, on and a it single would just day, be a, yeah. a thunderstorm going on that day and i remember we had someone walking walk in it's like we need to get this fixed like what is yeah. going on and i remember the guy coming in and just being like oh it's just not balanced you just need to like prop it up a little bit and then he just left so yeah. we tried and it didn't fix it and we just had the thunder the rental it's Oh, it was rental stuff too. Yeah. Oh my God, I completely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like that was crazy because I, I, like I said, I just had that on my washing machine and it's, and it's just the springs are just kind of messed up now. So it doesn't distribute the weight evenly when it spins. Like that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Like, and it doesn't cost much to, to repair it. But like, God damn, man. Just some guy coming in. I think it was two people. There, were, there was another person that came after that and also said the same thing. Yeah. And was just like, well, you know, you just got to make sure it's level on the floor. Like the tiles are a bit uneven. And, and it's just like, bro, trust me. You don't think we've tried moving the thing? Also, it moves itself. 
You didn't think it would find the perfect level uh, situation in that cupboard by itself, by shaking? Like Yeah, there's a little so dent in stupid. the wall from it hitting yep. the wall so much. Um, yep. But you say you miss... You you repeatedly say you miss the COVID house. I want to know why. I, okay, so I don't miss the COVID house. However, I just miss everybody living together yes. slash like near each other. That That's the thing I miss yes. is that scenario because I, it was weird. Yeah, we got along, but it was just like, dude, none of us are cars. There's nothing to do. LA sucks. I mean, you still live in LA. I might be living in LA next year. Maybe LA is a little bit better now. But LA at the time during COVID, it sucked. Yes. It was so bad in the COVID area, era. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how Platchat started taking off during in that house. We had this big house that we rented out. Uh, we split the rent between six people. So it was relatively, it was actually very cheap. Because we split yeah, the rent Considering between six where we lived too. Like it was a very nice area. Um, it was in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, I mean, it was in a cul-de-sac in North Hollywood. It was okay. Yeah. Um, well, you say that, but like the houses around us were like. Yeah, we lived near the guy that holy. made Rick and Morty. Yeah. No. We just was randomly. Yeah. 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 Or was it Community? It was both. I think. Oh, is it same person? Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember uh, when Seth told me, and I was like, oh, I did not know. Yeah, that. we were just walking around. And Seth's like you live next this guy lives in your neighborhood he made community but i'm pretty sure maybe he didn't make rick and Morty. i don't know his name I'm, i know for sure he got canceled on the internet for being a weirdo yeah. anyway uh we did live in a nice area but um it's still la and you the car it was still like, la but going back that's kind of how Platcha got like started if you look at the old old episodes of Platchat, the first episode of Platchat on the Platchat overwatch channel is just a four box with Johnny producing. They don't know if they're live yet. Bren didn't show up to the podcast, so they just have a picture of Bren. <laughs> and then they're just talking. During all of this, Tip of the Hats, I believe 2016 happens. I'm living with my parents still. Um, and I, we're in Chicago doing a production for a, a charity event called Tip of the Hats. It went super well, really good. At the end of the event, uh, Sideshow's just looking at me. He's like, hey, Kurt. We have this vacant mansion that you can live in for a couple months that the Philly Fusion have. And I talked to Ross and one of the, I think he was the GM of Philly Fusion. I think he still is. Yeah, he um, is. But it's, uh, shout out to Ross and yeah. super cool. Love that guy. Uh, he, I, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to move to LA for three months, live in a mansion for free, basically by myself. Let's do some shows. Let's do some content. And... That's when Platchat went from a box setup to a shitty webcam setup in person. If you go to the Platchat channel, which I recommend you do, go to the old videos. I think it's Platchat episode 13 is the first one I did. I'm not exactly sure. That's when it like leveled up. It's like, oh, the production quality. The comments were like, the production quality is so good. And I was like, I was getting gassed up. But if you watch that, it is no awful great. like Not everybody's great. just crammed into a table then we slowly moved to a different room in the mansion uh, and then and then eventually the three months came up and we decided to go to this um this big house with six people the gamer room we wanted to become offline tv that was like genuinely the plan yeah. then covid it almost immediately after so we're like all right let's just do plat chat let's get the ball rolling we had this nice little we actually had a pretty decent setup I didn't really do much production work besides like run the stream and like do some overlays. And then at some point near the end of the year, I'm like, let's just get a little bit better at this. Let's use this 
uh, PlatChat thing as a platform to get better and better. And that's kind of how PlatChat became what it is today um, through that streamer house, streamer mansion, and the opportunity that Sideshow gave me to live in a freaking mansion. Sideshow and Rostin. Got to give Rostin his credit. Um, live in that Philly fusion house. I don't even know where it was, but it was genuinely a mansion. Yeah, I've a seen vacant photos. Mansion. It's crazy. Like, it was crazy looking at how, like, everybody is kind of now, especially, like, after COVID and stuff. And uh, Soul Infernal and now the team, they're not Philadelphia Fusion anymore, so it's, like, mm -hmm. two Soul teams. But, mm -hmm. yeah, Roston is still there. Shout out, Roston. Uh, we hung out when uh, we were at Seth's wedding in Korea. Roston mm -hmm. was there chilling. It was, uh, was kind of fun. Him and Albert, you know, just hanging out, being managers, talking about players and stuff. That was wicked. That was really epic. Yeah, shout out, Roston. Like, um, that's that kind of, and those memories, especially from like 2020, it's crazy to think that that was three years ago now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's wild. And that was the first time I like, I moved to the US and I was like, I don't know where oh I'm going to live. God. I need to live in LA because that's what's, that's what's needed from me. And then I'm like, oh, jo I'm like speaking to Brendan Josh and they're like, hey, we've got this house. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. Like, yeah. And obviously then I met you, I met Wyatt and I ever met Scott and Jake and whatnot. And yeah, no, that it just kind of came together. I remember we met Miracle. at Sideshow's apartment for some reason. Like you arrived with, I think, all of your stuff at Sideshow's apartment. So I don't think you had a place to live. Or maybe you were living in a hotel for a bit. Oh, no. What I, happened? Was in a, I was in a hotel with ZP. With ZP oh, yeah. for, um, I think, a week or maybe a little bit less. Because we were going to do the... Um, it's like the, oh, what do you call those weeks before the season starts? Like, I don't know, introductory weeks or something. I don't know. But it was like everybody getting together. We're going like rehearsals to rehearsals and stuff. Yeah. 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 But it's not rehearsals. It's like something else. Orientation. I don't know. Oh yeah. It. That's, that's a good word. That, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was like orientation, uh, if you will. And like, it was me and ZP staying in Burbank and we had to go to the blizzard offices and then hang out there and basically wait for these meetings and like, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing this season. This is how it's going to work. Oh, here's your wardrobe. And that, basically it was just me kind of sat there for a long time, like not doing anything, waiting for everybody to show up. And then, yeah, and then I helped Josh move. My God, that was, that yeah, was it was you and me. You, you, oh, it was, you're right. Uh, yeah, me and you moving shit from Josh's <laughs> apartment and then Beth's apartment to their new one but then also moving some of josh's to the papega house and oh my god that day was so long and then i'll have to save this story for when i eventually get josh on here but like me and josh like almost dying um in a u-haul truck um after not having water or any food for 12 hours Wait, um, what that was epic yeah that was really cool All right, i'm gonna have to watch that old story when we me, me and i josh. remember we got a u-haul at a place that for Josh moving, the only place we could get a U-Haul was some area. It was a U-Haul. It was, was attached to like a smoke shop. So there was just bongs everywhere. There was like custom Mario bongs and Rick and Morty bongs. That was the funniest experience ever. And Josh didn't have like an ID with him, but they gave him it anyway. The guy was on something because he just wasn't able to lift his head up <laughs> the entire time we were trying to rent this U-Haul from him. And, then, and Josh, who ha hadn't driven a car in so long, was driving this massive U-Haul. Yep. I think, I don't know what street it was, but it was a very busy street. He was just it was uh, Glendale. It, up. it was it the was main, Glendale. it was, um, <laughs> 
whatever the boulevard is, uh, main Glendale Boulevard, yeah. like that main road, yeah. And it was for those who don't busy. know, Glendale is a pretty busy area. Yes. It's a pretty like pretty nice area of LA. Yeah, pretty I just got run over on Glen in Glendale. Almost got hit by a car. Someone sped through a red light as I was holding McDonald's as I was walking down the thing. I remember specifically because it was when Pokemon, they brought Pokemon cards back to the uh, Happy Meal menu. And I was like, oh, I'll go get a couple. I want to open some packs. And then I'm walking across the road. I, uh, giant roads, by the way, in Glendale, huge ones, though, especially the main like arterial road. And I'm like walking across the main road and this car just goes Vroom, like yeah. straight past everybody and i'm like holy shit like it, it almost hit me like i could have died like straight if up. you if you were to pick a way to die would it be um holding happy meals with pokemon cards in it would that be in the top 10 ways to die probably not no no because i don't get I, but you have poker yeah, what if you open the packs first? if i open them and then died like maybe because then there's a bit of like gratification in like okay yeah. i actually achieved my mission mm-hmm. i got my cards i opened them but now I'm in the grave. So are yeah, you still grinding Pokemon? That. Yeah, the Pokemon collection. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly chipping away at like what I'm like uh, off my list. I have an app now um, that I, I track all my. Is, is it Pokelector or TCG something? Yeah, but, oh, Poker Card Decks, um, and I, I'm slowly chipping away, and it's got like percentages on like how many from each individual set, and then a total percentage oh, of the cards I'm missing. That's from. so cool. It's fucking awesome, but the problem is, you look at that app and I'm like, I am so never far gonna, behind. Never gonna complete all these sets. Like my favorite set of all time, I'm like two cards away from completing the thing. Uh, Ex Team Rocket Returns, but obviously the most expensive cards are left. So it's like, bro, I can't really. I got all the other cards, but I can't really afford these right now, you know. But mm-hmm. it's, how uh, expensive are they? Um, probably like 800 bucks a piece. That's not that bad. <laughs> It's not tragic. No, No, that is really bad. That is horrible. Don't buy them. Compared to like some of the other cards that I could potentially get to fill out some of my collection, then it's not like the most tragic price tag. But still, 800 a piece is crazy for cardboard. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, maybe when uh, I'm a millionaire and uh, I... I mean, you are making some serious bank doing some casting. I, did you see the tweet about the guy just saying that like casters are the least important? I quote retweeted it. Oh, yes, dude. Why is everybody like getting baited by stuff like that? But what are you doing? Is, quote retweeting stuff like that. It's not a bait. That was the big thing. It's like actually not a bait. That's what he even no. Even if it is, even if it is, even if that is his position, it's still a bait. It's still a bait. It's it's still a bait. Dude, like it, I don't know, dude. It, I don't think it's a bait if he puts it out there intentionally and like that's his actual thoughts. But I mean, maybe it is slightly because everybody like that. To be fair to him, how there's like 1.2 million views on that tweet, and he obviously ratioed by every single human being under the sun because of how ridiculous that opinion is. And like, it's mostly it's so, it's quite a bit ridiculous because he's also looking for work. Like, and that's yeah. the big that's the craziest thing about it. It's, I think the whole ecosystem of production and casting and stuff is a little jarring uh obviously i did content i've done content creation pretty much my entire adult life yeah and then transitioning to doing stuff for riot i find that the divide between like production and casting is a little bit concerning and i think with riot we've done a good job of like mending that division over time and we're still working on that but tweets like that 
kind of make me feel like that's a huge issue in the entire ecosystem in 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 the entire ecosystem of production and casting um it's a whole show like the show is everyone not just like uh casting production everything engineering um i don't know why it has to be such a divide like i don't know for the overwatch league if the producers are like their own entity and the casters are all like in this green room talking to each other but that's kind of how from my understanding that's how it was for a while for for valorant and i don't know how it was for league of legends but over time we've kind of slowly come together and i think the product becomes better because of that obviously yeah. there's a lot of egos and insecurities on both sides that definitely need to be overcame um but tweets like that make me feel like dude everybody is so insecure in this gosh darn industry where i'm like whereas with plat chat like we were talking about like the vibes are immaculate no everybody's just friends like just be just be friends and if you can't be friends just be nice to each other like don't think people have like the worst intentions like that's why i don't like the quote retweet culture it just it makes me feel like everybody thinks everyone has the worst intentions with what they're posting and even if they do who cares i don't know man just make some good content. Like you look at the best content on the internet, which in my opinion, independent content creation will always be better than any sort of mass production because it has so, so much more authenticity, so much less people, so many less, I so many less muddled ideas, more focused ideas and people working together that are actually like friends. Um, like if you look at the best stuff, like the most successful content, like Tarek, um, you look at offline TV, all of those creators are just small groups of people that just want to interact and collaborate with other people that are interested in each other's content. I think, I think that's like the future of content. And I don't see, I don't, even though I'm ingrained in the like ecosystem of like high level production, like I'm going to like cool events and doing cool things. I just, I see that being like the end game future of like all productions. Like you've even seen it in like NFL productions with like the Eli, the Manning cast. Have you ever seen that? Like ESPN does a co-stream of NFL games with professional players and people love it because it's more authentic. They're just sitting in their living rooms, just shooting the shit. I think anyway, I don't know what I I don't know how you feel about all this, but I do feel like there is like a weird rift in the overall ecosystem of production and casting. Oh, I'll touch on that in just a second, but I do think there's a space for both. I don't think that the end game is is going to be one thing. I think what it's shaping up to be right now is that both things can um, exist simultaneously. You have like You're right. The casting, so like Overwatch, for example, it's a pretty easy one. Um, Connor's co-stream and then the Overwatch League. Like you mm-hmm. can have those two simu- simultaneously going on and going down. Like that's more than okay. Like that's going to happen. Same with the World Cup recently. All the co- uh, all the uh, content creators kind of got involved and did some co-streaming because they don't really touch, some of them don't touch the esports side of things. I sat in with J3 recently and just like talked to him. Like, oh, you know, Korea has the best players in the world on the team. They're probably gonna win this whole thing. Like, and I was explaining with that and like all these other like players that they've no one's ever heard of, like, or at least on the casual side of things. But then there's also room there for the official broadcast too. I, I don't think there's ever gonna be an end game where there's only one 
I uh, I completely agree. I'm sorry if I came off the wrong way no, because I, I do think like right. I do think the main production and casting. I mean, obviously, I disagree with that person, sweet. I think casting is like one of the most important things. Like, sure, some people will watch a co-stream without the cast with the casters muted and stuff. But the thing is, if you have really good casters, they enhance the experience like yeah. tenfold. Exactly. Like, sure, the experience is still good because you people are there for the players. People are not there for the casters. But the casters can add so much to it, just like production can add so much to it if it's done right. We're there to um, add value at the end of yeah, the day. Like, and, over everything else. And I think when it comes to the rift between um, casters and production that needs to get mended, I think that also needs to get mended with like the co-streaming and stuff like i know a lot of people in production are not happy with co-streams but the higher upset certain companies are just like we need these co-streams because they help our numbers it's a very smart decision but i think uh a few the the best future for all esports broadcasts is combining the two in some way getting the co-streamers involved in the actual broadcast getting it's basically just basic networking that content creations creators have done for what a decade now yeah, that just needs sure. to get incorporated in actual broadcast yeah i speaking about the the kind of rift between the two things like in the overwatch league because we've had a different broadcast partner over the last few years like it's been difficult in a way to kind of bridge the gap because we had this like canadian company and now we've got um we've got a studio in burbank with uh, some like another broadcast company and we've got a studio now and it looks sick and they do crazy funny segments on the desk like i'm actually i'm gonna rehearse later today a segment that i came up with like it's this uh this video is going to come out after it's been aired but mm -hmm. it's a like stock show and it's like oh like a silly kind of like oh this you know this trade happened in in the um in the break like in the break between mid-season madison now like this thing happened is it good is it bad i don't know and like there's like memes and jokes and stuff in there yeah like, yeah that's me just like going, is it post producer oh, or is it a live to tape it's live, or? It's live. I, oh, it's made, live yeah it, it's that's live dope. i've made uh like it's basically just a kind of a bad powerpoint presentation and i'm just yeah. going to go through it and we've got this interactive uh board that is going to be shown on and there's like so it's like a telestrator telestrator but, but it's got hella tools on it it's got, got like it. you can put fire emojis you can make fire on the screen and all this kind of stuff you can just you can do some wacky stuff on that board but um it's just going to be live and i'm going to be sat there just screaming at a board about trades that are going to happen or like have happened and stuff like that and that's going to be super fun but like the production company this year have like allowed me to do that and allowed like so much more free reign over the product because we have a studio now as well and like mm -hmm. i i've never really felt that there's a divide especially like this year with the with the production they're very like hands-on and want to be involved and like if we don't want to do something they're gonna be like okay sounds good like they're very flexible and it's been it's been some of the best production outside of like official overwatch league production stuff um that we've mm -hmm. had in in recent times a big positive is obviously the studio exists and me and connor me and scott sorry go into the studio and cast and be there with the desk which is also like super fun but i, I have can, a question yeah oh, go, on. go ahead sorry well, i was just gonna say i don't i don't see there's much as like a, a divide as like maybe some of the esports and the way you're kind of describing valorant uh, or yeah how valorant I, I don't i'm not throwing shade at, at riot or valorant any of my coworkers and stuff but i do yeah. feel like sometimes there are too many cooks in the kitchen and the way i run plat chat is these people these people are on the broadcast and basically and en enable anything that they want 
I don't, I will add my ideas in, but they're not going to change the overall thesis of what they want. Um, and I think sometimes uh, there's too many cooks in the kitchen with production uh, and they muddle talent's ideas to the point where it's not their idea anymore. Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't really happen with uh, Riot very often, but I can clearly see it in other productions where, especially like, tv shows and stuff where it's just like these people are just doing uncomfortable stuff yeah um do you ever feel like that happens sometimes like there's too many cooks in the kitchen because i don't watch not in overwatch because no. i think the best content comes from small like you have to just like enable and understand someone's idea and then get on board and just let them lead like yeah. let them lead like you can have an idea you can pitch it to them but at the end of the day the person whose idea it is whether it's a producer or a member of talent like it should be just theirs like top to bottom yeah it's not really a thing that i've watched at all like this whole like stock segment that i'm doing else our stonks capital management like that whole thing i came up with last year and pitched it but we just we we couldn't we feasibly couldn't do it like not especially not without a studio and stuff like that um but they've been very like we should change this maybe if you want to like if you don't want to change it that's fine we can do this if you need or like they're just there to basically facilitate which is one of the best things about production this year i think and they're very good also at coming up with ideas and like silly things that we can do that like enhance the broadcast and not make it like Oh, we're doing desk. We're doing opening of the day. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they do these, all these small Dude, little bits and pieces. You guys are under esports right. engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about esports engine. Yeah. Shout out to Gex from TF2. I know, I know he used to work for them. I don't know if he still does, but shout out to Gex. Shout out to Ito who does production for them as well. Big fan of esports engine. Big yeah, fan of the Overwatch League product also. It's a shame that COVID happened because I think the entire landscape of Overwatch would be way different. I think overwatch is the esport that got hurt the most by yes. far out of any esport because of covid because the plan was to like go to different stadiums all across the u.s and do live productions but i think all you guys got to do is dallas right and we got i got to do two things and me and hex were going to fly out to miami but then they canceled the flights the same week oh and it so was it was dallas and washington right uh, I did New York and Washington because oh, yeah. there was okay. a double Washington one, I believe. And then there was the Dallas one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, me and Hex did New York and then we did Washington. I did New York with Matt and Mitch and then I did Washington with Brennan Josh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but it definitely got stifled the most, which sucks because it would have been amazing having like a studio experience, well, not studio, sorry, an arena experience or like a venue experience for like all of the homestands like in 2020. But dude, the... The amount of work that goes into those productions is unbelievable. Yeah. Like the engineering is just unreal. Obviously the producers and the production is amazing as well. Like I, I've been to uh, Istanbul, Berlin, and a bunch of other places. I was in Sao Paulo and just recently I was in Tokyo. And like, it's amazing to travel and go to these places, but like the venues and like how, how different everything is because of how the venue is structured. Every single event is crazy. I don't know how, especially from an engineering standpoint, like obviously I do some engineering for Platchat, like turning on the lights and making sure yeah. like this, the, there's no like weird audio feedback in a microphone, but like, I, I cannot believe uh, that we're able to do this type of stuff. Hopefully the Overwatch League can do more stuff in the future because I think that's just such a huge component to like growing an eSport, uh, especially a global one, like over the Overwatch League and, and obviously Valorant Champions yeah. Tour. Um, it's, it's different, I wanna, 
I wanted to talk to you about like the the production aspect again because like yeah it's like i said it's been like a hitch of mine of like going from just doing independent congregation like just doing everything for Appachat to be like being a piece of a puzzle do you feel like that that was like a difficult transition for you to do for talent because like for those that don't know for a lot of these shows talent are also producers like in a lot of ways like obviously you're not getting into the nitty-gritty but you guys are like building out ideas which is part of production do you find that a little did you find that like a little bit difficult to transition to because for me it was like complete culture shock like oh Mm. my god like i have to request assets instead of just build them all okay this is interesting (laughs) uh not really i mean the the thing the thing on my or like the overwatch league side of things is i wouldn't say we're all like it it depends because i didn't say we're all like producers but if people want to do segments and want to do different pieces Mm -hmm. it's very easy for like uh the back end people like with stats to kind of bring that stuff up but a lot of the time it's actually production that's coming up with ideas and like pushing them and there's been a little little wiggle room especially like with my stuff like with the the stonks capital management thing like that um, I pitched at the very beginning of the year and we're only kind of just starting to get it uh, rolling now and actually uh, doing it on Thursday. But there's not been, I don't think there's been a time where like everybody's got their own kind of big segment idea. It's more been like accumulated effort between production and talent or like mm-hmm. um, maybe a few of the talent members are like, oh, can we do a section on this? Can we do, oh, the shocks wrecking ball play or like something like that and then yeah. they bring it up and then Johnny does a telestrator or whatever. Um, so it's more of like accumulated effort, but for myself, like I, I really like coming up with ideas for stupid shit, basically. And like mm-hmm. with, I did, uh, last year I did Novawatch, which is like the game show. And I did that and it, we did it Dude, for I- finals as well. And we did one for each tournament and it was like really sick. And they enabled me to kind of produce that. But that was like on the back end. That was like, that was to tape and then tape to, to live. And then we did a live segment of it at grand finals. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like it's for me, I don't think there's any divide. I'm always like, I want to come up with ideas and like want to help. So you don't think there's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like a perspective thing because Mm. of doing so much, um, doing so much of Platcha where like, I'm literally, at least from a production standpoint, I'm just doing everything. Yeah. So when you're doing like, when you're doing a production time, you, when you're doing an actual production, like you have teams to like build assets and stuff and like get B-roll and whatnot. So you're just basically building the infrastructure of it and then getting all the resources together and then putting it together, not yeah. like actually just creating it all. So it's a it's a lot harder for to get exactly what you want because of that. Um, and it's just been a learning process for me. And I think you have been doing a great job with the segments that you've been doing. Personally, oh, nice. I love the gamified segments. I, whenever I pitch yeah. an idea, it's usually a gamified segment. I, I'm a huge on like chat engagement and like potentially co-streamer engagement. Like I want them to be like, oh, there's questions on the screen or like there's something for me to interact with. Let's interact yeah. with it rather than just like watch like funny meme videos while we're waiting for the game to start, you know? Yeah, that that specifically was what I wanted to hit on with like Novawatch, because um, we ended up doing because it was it was put in the show or like a segment of it, and then the full video was actually on YouTube. So it was like helped with kind of the YouTube presence of the Overwatch League as well, because that's something they've been struggling with. Uh, but then when we did the live one, I was like, 
not asking the crowd, but like coaxing the crowd in a way as well, and like to give me answers or like mm -hmm. say things silly. Like that's dope. Yeah, that was that was really fun. I think that was one of my favorite things to do in the Overwatch League was that because um, there was. It's not really content piece, but like me and Hex did a funny skit in New York where Hex smacked a tray of tea out of my hands as I wore like a tricorn hat and stuff like that. Like that was also one of my favorite moments. Of that, like was, Watch League. that was that was 2020, time, yeah. right? That was 2020, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah I remember stand. that. Yeah, that was like super fun. And like that was that was uh, Fish uh, that came up with that idea. And he was just like, you know, it'd be really stupid. We could do this and like we can get you a uniform and stuff. Like that's not really content. That's just kind of like bullshit basically at the start but like that kind of stuff too is just very funny like anything to make someone laugh is what you ideally want to go for and with the gamified stuff like that is an easy way to get people laughing like an easy That's way to challenge like uh, put Zoe against Johnny and like put Scott against Johnny you know like that's really funny because they end up fighting and it's yeah it's, do you it's do you I find so I've been having like a a change of mindset when it comes to funny stuff though okay at least it it, it really depends on con context because we've been doing a lot of funny stuff in 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 valorant and, and with riot and stuff and i think it's funny but my biggest worry and i've talked to all the producers about this is like my biggest worry is that it might come off as like out of touch like if you're doing like a funny segment like the pre-show of like a grand final or like a high stakes tournament obviously you need to fill the time like you have 40 30 40 minutes to just do an entire pre-show but I, I worry that like it might come across as out of touch and also the risk of being funny is that like not everybody's gonna find it funny yeah so it might true. come off as i mean i it's an overused word but it might come off as cringe and just like just generally hard to watch do you ever feel like something you make is hard to watch because i've definitely been like super on board with some of the ideas that we've had we make it we're all excited about it we do it and like some people find it funny i'm just like sitting there like oh my god like it was oh cringe no. yeah like that was kind of cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean obviously when you're making stuff for like every few show it's not always gonna hit but that's my biggest worry when it comes to like funny content. And I don't know, like, I, I, lo I love the fact that the Overwatch League, or, or excuse me, the like Valorant is just like away from like, let's wear suits and yeah. talk We're and do telestrators and yeah. just stand there. And then eventually the game will start. I'm glad that we're away from there, but I think sometimes we go like way too far the other end to the point where it's like, okay, this is kind of fun. All right, stop. Like, it's kind of cringe at this point, bro. Like, do you it's ever feel difficult. like it gets it's it's hard to balance like that? Uh, kind of, but my philosophy on that has always been: if I can make myself laugh, or even better, like if I if I can make so we're like when Bren was doing it, or like whatever, if I can make Bren laugh, or I can make Johnny laugh, or I can mm -hmm. make Custer laugh, then it's good. As long as I can mm -hmm. make someone else on like the talent team laugh, because I know. Like, you know, as you become friends with people, like, you know how to make them chuckle, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I can just do that, if I can poke Johnny a little bit to make him giggle, like, I know the vibe will be fine and it will be funny to the majority of people. Like, that's how I approach these things. If I can just make a talent member laugh, then I'm good, you know? Dude, you're, you're a genius. Because that's exactly how I operate for uh, Plat Chat. Like, if I'm making something that I, I think is funny, I it's usually not that i think it's funny is that i just know why it will find this funny yes, so if exactly. i press this button button and it makes like a pop-up of like sidra's bald head with like the vine boom sound effect i know at least why it will find it hilarious that will be funny which, i mean I've, we've, we've done it before i'm gonna give some 
eventually I will be giving all of that stuff to Solomon. I just need to make cool. it easy for him for them to get. Um, so that will happen. But I think that's also like a testament to how long the Overwatch League has been around, how long the talent have been around each other, and how long the community has developed. Um, and I think the early stages of the Overwatch League probably had that and obviously had those struggles of like getting to know each other, knowing what each other like, knowing what the talent like, knowing what the talent are comfortable doing. And I think that's like kind of what we're going through right now with Valorant, with with our community, with each other. And I mean, that is, it, you hit the nail on the head. If you can make someone laugh, you hit the vibe. So even if it's not funny for someone it's at least like digestible because you know the person is into it you know yeah exactly and like there is a human there is a human thing that happens in your brain if you see someone laugh you are more likely to laugh you know yeah. like it's just you it's probably like herd mentality kind of thing if they chuckle i chuckle because then we form bond you know what i mean human caveman like yeah, me, very funny I'm best friends with Tara because we laugh at the same jokes. Exactly, exactly. So if you know, if I make Johnny laugh, the audience is much, much more likely to laugh too because you know, honestly, watching Johnny laugh is very funny to me. You know, like I love his little laugh and I love the way he acts when he laughs. It's just very funny, and you know, people are more likely to kind of chuckle along unless Dude, you know. I'm taking that philosophy. Yeah, I, you unlocked my brain because that is kind of how I operate for Plat Chat, but it never was like condensed into a sentence or a thesis so thank you jaws there you go shout out to the deep die with jaws cast. <laughs> shout out everybody shout out right now in the comments press like press like on the video yeah no it's good and i'm glad no it's i'm glad as well with production and where you've moved with your career too because you know how people work and how people operate on like a talent level and like just being good friends with like myself or like Wyatt and Johnny and uh, Bren and Josh and and you know how to like convey that in an easy way for production to kind of understand I guess you're like a bridge in a way because you're just very good friends and it kind of you know like you mentioned before the divide is just shrinking and you're able to kind of just work together as a team and just a massive little friendship group which is uh, which is really important for a broadcast because you know it's more fun for the viewer if everybody else is having fun too so yeah that's why dude that's why dude, that's why we're freaking popping off with plat chat exactly. that's why plat chat is dude we're not going to need the overwatch league we're not going to need valorant we're not going to need <laughs> anybody because we're blowing up bro the overwatch league needs us valorant needs us and it i mean in all seriousness again we were talking about this earlier but that's why a lot of podcasters die it's like we're gonna yeah. make this show and then it dies because none of us are really friends. None of us really want to do it. We just kind of did it. And then now it's over. Um, whereas Platcha people get people behind the scenes are excited to be on the show. Like they want to be on the show um, because we're all friends. It's mostly just a great way to like connect and hang out because all of us are so busy. It gives us an opportunity to just shoot the sure, shit sure. about a game we like. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's my favorite part about it is that when we do go on, it's just like, well, oh man, I can just like talk to everybody and it's just a couple of hours of just shooting the shit and just enjoying myself and just fucking vibing and just trying to poke fun at each other. Like that's that's the best part about it. And I think Plat Chat does, but on both sides, like Valorant and Overwatch do, do a very good job. And you, you can, it can be reflected too, because there's been a few episodes in the past of Overwatch where like the PVE was like, the the big PVE at least with all these hero classes and stuff, like they, that was canceled, but we're getting a new form of PVE. And there were a few episodes in the off season where like, 
no one was really happy doing the episode but like as soon as the season started it was like everything was back to normal again but it was like more outside stresses that were causing us to feel like shit basically i mean and like you can tell with the vibes, i can so. only imagine how you guys feel like overwatch is your baby i know overwatch is your Overwatch. i'm not gonna speak for you but is overwatch like your goat game overwatch yeah two? no i i'd say so like if i can't pick like if Halo 2 and Halo 3 were still running circuits in MLG, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that would be the GOAT for me. And if I could get on that train and cast that and cast, like, T-squared again and cast... Or again, I say again, I never casted them. But, um, you know, if I can cast, like, Gandhi or anybody that was, like, an old pro player, like, Karma, like, maybe. But, like, Overwatch, yeah. Like, I... It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy that you say that because I I've been thinking about this recently, too. Like, Overwatch is a game that I've played more than almost any other game in my entire life. At this point in, in my life. And you don't know how many hours you have? Um, yes. Because so, it shows the in-game hours in that game. But it doesn't yeah. show, does it show the overall hours, too? Um, yeah, it shows overall hours between all modes. And then it's got you a, a, an overall thing as well. And on my main account, I have 1,300. But on my alt account, I've got another 1,000. And my three other alt accounts probably add up to around 800. So, like, a good almost, you know, 4K hours in the game. Um, okay that's that's a pretty good amount of time how long has the game been out since 2016 right 2016 and then i didn't really play a lot of overwatch back in 2016 2017 it was only like 2017 2018 was when i really started to play a lot more because i didn't see a path for myself in league of legends like casting it and like moving anywhere so i was like well i'll swap with my friend jake as he does the league of legends shift and i do the overwatch shift and we end up he did the overwatch shift sorry and i did league of legends and then we ended up swapping because i was like i really enjoy overwatch i played competitive tf2 not to a high level but like played tf2 and it was really fun and i play scout that was really cool i'm gonna play tracer and you know it kind of like snowballed from there so like yeah it's not at the very beginning i didn't play a ton but, but when i got the opportunities in casting i did the reason i asked this because it's just like it must be so disappointing to like go through that bs of just everything falling apart like the shame that like yeah. the game is so good but it's just run by like i don't know i'm not a huge fan of activision blizzard who is getting acquired by microsoft apparently yeah. so maybe that's a good thing um bobby kotick no <laughs> a big no no he kind of ruined everything uh yeah. and yeah I was so excited for Overwatch PV, but I, hopefully Plateau was like a good platform. You just sh speak your truth about how yeah. shit things are. We, we did that. That's for how like it was hours. with like TF2. Like I had so much right. hopium. Like Valve isn't like a shitty company, but they're not a gaming company. They're a freaking like software company. They're just, yeah. they're a tech company. They're <laughs> they a platform to make, company. Yeah, they make platforms. They, they sell boxes to people in CSGO and TF2. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a good episode when we talked about the PvE thing, and obviously everybody wanted us to talk about it, so we spent basically the entire podcast talking about how PvE is going to affect, and, like, Johnny had some, like, Johnny Johnny's, like, mad copium or mad doomium, like, there's no in-between with Johnny, which is kind of funny um, in, in some regard, and it, yeah, it was kind of a sad episode in a way because we were talking about kind of this demise of what PvE was supposed to be, but, like, the higher-ups and everything else kind of shuttered that dreams in different ways there was lots of meddling and all this kind of stuff and like the devs were trying as hard as they can but the same devs that 
are on the game right now aren't the same people that were mm -hmm. uh, announcing it and like no one understands that because they think the same person that's worked in blizzard since 1993 is now making overwatch 2 like it's not the same people like and people don't really understand that obviously we tried to convey that as well but like yeah it was it was a bit of a sad episode but i've always kind of said this for myself i don't really like the pve thing i can understand that it's a big l for like the overwatch as a whole but like i wouldn't play it that much i'm like way more like comp focused like, yeah i'd rather just play ranked so for me it's just like okay great because they can then focus on the game you know like focus on the pvp side of things so for me it was like that but obviously that episode was kind of hard to do because of how much people dislike the decision and you know we got some cool like pve stuff coming up soon but it's nothing as the scale of well, like pve uh, with overwatch and yeah it was it was a hard time, I think, for everybody. And, like, obviously, the Overwatch League caught a lot of flack. And, like, people... Dude, I don't know if you saw this, but people were blaming the Overwatch League. They were like, the Overwatch League, th they killed it! Yeah. All dude, of the Overwatch League, everybody on that team hates Overwatch, and they wanted to kill the thing so they could work on the Overwatch League. I'm the like, hilarious thing is, the community doesn't realize, like, how things work from an infrastructure standpoint when it comes to production of a game or a broadcast. <laughs> because very recently, there was... Like we've done a bunch of tournaments and broadcasts and people are like, dude, the, a lot of, um, a lot of observers got a ton of flack for the replays sucking. It's like, these observers suck. The replays are so bad this tournament. And the observers were like all over Reddit being like, we are not in charge of the replays. <laughs> That's a completely different team. That's an EVS team. So it, it, it's, it's pretty funny how often stuff like that comes up. Cause obviously from a game development standpoint, the watch league has nothing to do with the actual development of the game. Yeah. It might have like some influence on like the balancing of the game. Maybe. But other than that, heck, heck no. Yeah, it's like a completely different department. Like, there's no shot, like, we are sat there like, okay, time to make some balance changes for the game. Like, there's talent, like, in the green room. Like, how about we nerf this character? How about we buff this character? Like, dude, come on. But, like, people don't really understand. And the best way to kind of take that is just they don't really know and they don't really care. They just need something to shout at to make something in their life important. Like that's kind of the Dude, the, I, the whole Twitter vibe kind of thing when it comes to that. The one thing with content creation that I have trouble connecting with, and I, I have nothing against people that comment on a lot of stuff online because especially with Plat Chat for both shows, the comment and the feedback is like a lot and it's like 99% positive. So shout out yeah. to the commenters that are posting like really nice stuff or just like even just constructive feedback. But I just, I have trouble connecting with that because I've never really commented on much stuff at all ever in my life. No, same. Because um, I, I just don't know. I just feel like no one gives a shit, so I don't post anything yeah. on the internet except for like flat chat and the occasional Twitter post of I me mean, reviewing In the grand stuff. scheme of things, you're correct. No one gives a shit about but the thing is, I, I, people so. read Reddit, people read YouTube comments. Yeah. I do give a shit. Not that much. Like, I'm not going to take it personally. I know people that do take it personally. If you're quote tweeting a freaking thing, you are taking it personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people fair. do care. Um, and I think maybe, I don't know. I want to know what people think in the comments below. If you comment below, comment why you're commenting below. Before you comment your comment below. That's good. That's a good roundabout way of saying that. I like that a lot. Oh, by the way, I just noticed you're wearing a Magic the Gathering t-shirt, by the way. Oh, Evan, yes. dude, 
Eventide? I found this on the internet, and I it was on Growled for like $180. I'm like, I'm gonna lowball this guy. Let's see if he, let's see if he accepts my offer. I got it for like 50 bucks. Really? Just a That's vintage, a, a vintage T-shirt. Cool yeah. Wasn't yeah. Eventide a really terrible expansion? Oh, it's terrible. Remember. I don't yeah. even remember any of the cards. The back graphic is just some horrible common that no one ever remembers, <laughs> but it has a cool graphic. Okay, so I do not recognize that card at all. That's really funny. But it's cool. I like it. I love magic. You're talking about Pokemon. If you're watching this, get into magic. If you like Pokemon, if you like card games, if you like board games, play magic. Magic community needs more booted. people that play commander. When you come back to LA, because me and Mitch have been spamming commander. Like we bought um, some of the new commander. I bought one of the new night commander Dude, decks. I I'm back. going to LA tomorrow. Let's play some commander. Let's play some goddamn commander. I have a full day off tomorrow. I'm not tomorrow, doing anything. I'm just I, flying there. I'm in the studio tomorrow. I've got work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> well, that doesn't work. Starting the split again. What? Uh, well, if you're free next week after Sunday, we can. The next deep dive will just be about magic. Dude, we should start a magic. Uh, there's already magic. Plat chat magic. <laughs> plat chat. Dude, I was. I've been thinking about expanding the plat chat universe. Like in a world where like things fall apart and I just lose my career, we're expanding the. We're expanding the plot chat universe. I want to do fighting games. I wanted to do magic, but there's already tons of good magic podcasts and stuff out there. But like, imagine like a fighting game podcast. Like, I don't know what other stuff you'd want to. Like, what I, would you want to do? You'd want to do a Pokemon do, podcast. Uh, a Pokemon podcast, which me and Rose did start doing last year. Yeah. But the, our schedules are just so messed up because she does all the Pokemon events, and then we have the Overwatch League, and then it's like. Dude, getting together for that podcast was like, okay, we'll do it once a month or like uh, once every two weeks. And it was just so difficult. We had some cool branding for it there. Maybe we'll revive it in the end or maybe like we'll do a platform. I like I that podcast. I watched it even though I don't oh. play Pokemon at all. I, I just thought it was that. fun that you just like had little segments. And at the end, like I thought I really like the ending of each podcast where you guys just crack a pack. Like that oh, is yeah, so yeah. that is so fun. I love watching people open packs of yeah, magic same. cards. And the YouTube algorithm tried to push like people opening like baseball cards, like 10 view channels, like oh, I'm open up your <laughs> box. Hopefully I get the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. And it's just like I I have no idea why I'm watching this. I had to like hide those videos because I was watching people open baseball and basketball cards. <laughs> I, I love watching people open I mean, cards. Insane. It's so fun. It's like it is. like the baby YouTube channels where like kids are playing with toys and like those are the most popular kids channels. Of course, that's awesome to watch if you're a kid. This kid's playing with a toy that you don't have. It's a sweet toy. Yeah, I want to open some cards, but I don't have to pay for them. I get to anyway. see someone crack open two thousand dollars worth of magic packs. I mean, honestly, it, like, dude, if if there was a CS:GO or TF2 podcast, open up some crates at the end, open yeah. up some cases, because it's fun, man. Like that's why me and Rose did it. It was just because it was it was a good time. I mean, yeah. I would make one about that or Apex, honestly. Um, although Apex I know... is huge, right? I don't know anything yeah. about Apex other than it's big, dude. In Tokyo, I was wandering around Shibuya. I I came across Tower Apex Records, is massive in Japan. I went to Tower Records, like I'm like. Tower Records. Okay, I didn't know that was here. I'm going to go check it out. Looked at some records. There's like an elevator that goes to like a 7-Eleven that's on the like third floor. But if you go to the second floor, it's just has a huge Apex Legend shrine with like exclusive Apex Legend that's merch cool. and stuff. Like there's just all of like huge cutouts of all the Apex Legend characters. And like I had no idea this game was that yeah, popular. It's I've never I have I played it once. It was fun. It's a cool game, but I didn't know it was huge. 
it's definitely in my opinion i think it's the best battle royale out there um it's just the the ability to just drop in get guns fight quick or like play slow and like end game is like super fun competitive is like really fun to spectate although it's like nothing that that game the problem with apex i'd say um especially on the esports side of things is like the esport game way of playing the game is nothing like how you play the game in so really yeah it's like the most different like you could say Valorant is it like tf2 <laughs> where it's um, just like its whole own yeah. ecosystem that's just separated from the actual game because in tf2 the whole ecosystem of the game is just like you join a server and you you eat just a play is heavy i want to play yeah in tf2 it's like you need to have a medic you have to have two scouts two soldiers and a demo man sometimes the scout can switch off but the medic always has to play medic the demo always has to play demo like you don't have to but you will lose yes you play you you play these specific set of maps that no one plays in pubs because they suck in pubs but are great and competitive is that how it is in apex it's uh, apart from like having to pick certain characters there was like a point where gibraltar was like you had to play gibraltar you had to play valk like and but things do end up like getting balanced and like gibraltar gets like a counter or whatever like valkyrie gets a nerf um unlucky i love valk it's my favorite character but it's more like how people play the game like people they have set drop zones they will call drop zones before like when the tournament starts they'll be like okay tsm is landing here nrg is landing here this team is landing here this team is landing here and the the bottom of the barrel teams they have to contest each other or like oh you want to contest tsm like fuck you you're not joining scrims like it's it's kind of crazy in that Wait, what yeah so like doesn't uh, that give teams like an inherent massive advantage um in a way it can but like the loot <laughs> that's is, actually kind of a cool meta though it it is kind of At wicked and like when like oh nrg is like randomly can tell like not any of the big teams but like this random no-name team or like almost no-name team is contesting tsm for some reason in like lava siphon like what the fuck that's crazy like those kind of like that's kind of bm like you shouldn't contest zones like that or like you shouldn't contest uh pois like that and but even like the mid game when people are rotating everybody just does safe rotates and like they rotate as safe as they can they get to the, like the second to final zone and that's when like most of the fighting happens and like into the final zone into the very final zone when the ring's like closing and it's like two pixels and then you everybody dies like that is like so common but like in pubs that doesn't happen at all and like that's yeah. the biggest disconnect is like everybody has their own pois and then also everybody's fighting second to last zone and last zone like that's but for me i find that quite entertaining we gotta make a podcast for apex legends man I, i'm just saying like I this is a I, conversation i'm just so unfamiliar with, i'm just so unfamiliar with like when it comes to starting a new podcast my immediate thought is like i want to get people that are super into super into the game but also are very amicable and friendly with each other like are actually friends like again yeah. that's like the core of like a good show not even just a podcast like a good show you need people that are friends but I don't know anybody in the community. <laughs> so how would I start a podcast with yeah. people that I don't know? Because, like, unfortunately, like, a lot of people on the internet, like, you you see them one way and then you interact with them and they are another. Like, I'm sure you've interacted with a lot of weird egos in the esports scene or just L.A. in general. You just got to yeah, Not so much from that. L.A., but, like, from, like, esports side of things, Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or like i've heard various stories about x y and z person 
Yeah. It's like, oh, they seem kind of cool, like online and stuff. But then you hear things about, or like, oh, I was in this weird situation at X event and like this person was really weird. Like you hear a lot of that. I think that's a part of um, a lot of us just being like internet people. And then when you're in a job where you're actually interacting with humans in person, you're... Your ridiculous internet impulses sometimes transfer to real life, which make you from an asshole to like a very shitty person. Uh, I mean, I've, I grew through that myself through tip of the hats. Oh my goodness. I was such an internet child, just saying all this weird stuff, not being like a creep or any, just being like an asshole. <laughs> but some of my friends from the internet had to like set me straight in real life. Like Kurt, you literally cannot do this in real life. You're being a dickhead. Like for example, uh, a lot of people on the internet just swear a ton. And like, I remember, I don't know if I was with you, but we were just like going to the movies or something. We're just having a regular conversation and we're just swearing our asses off in front of like children. Oh, like, we've done uh, that before. For a parent sure. just was like, hey, could you like stop swearing? I'm like with my kid right now. And like, I forgot when that happened, but I think it was like 2016. It like unlocked my brain. Like, oh my God, I'm a degenerate. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, I people can't be speaking me like that, this in actually. public. Yeah, people call me out for that on plat chat, funnily enough. Like, Johnny specifically, because I'm like, oh, fuck this, fuck this, ah, fuck that. Like, like swearing like a sailor kind of thing. But yeah. it's also kind of where I grew up. Like, everybody kind of speaks like that. But in mm-hmm. real life, by the way, don't do that in real life, by the way. I I'm, I, I don't swear a ton, uh, actually. And so uh, just let you know. Jaws is a very, for something. those that don't know, for those that are fans of the Deep Dive or Jaws cast on Twitter... <laughs> Uh, Jaws is a very upstanding gentleman. He has his life together. Kind of. He's living his best life. He's very organized. He the only organized, the only yeah. the only thing I have against Jaws is when we were living in the 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 gamer house, the COVID house, you would be multitasking way too much. You'd be queuing up for an Overwatch League game while trying to cook at the same time. And the most egregious example of that is that you've, le- you've left like raw meat in the microwave oh. multiple <laughs> times. I just like wake up in the morning. I'm like trying to heat up something like my lunch or something. Cause I was waking up at like noon or whatever. And I just see some raw. My meat. bad. Hey, I've got a ranked game to be in. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. That's the thing. Like I, I've explained this before uh, on a podcast or whatever, but like min maxing my time in real life. Like, no. you know, in like RuneScape or like an MMO, you're like, I got to min-max every second so I can get most amount of XP. And like, yeah. I do that in real life too much. You don't want to be doing that while you're cooking. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to say who it was. It wasn't you. But there was someone in the house that left the stove on multiple times overnight. Oh, the sto- yes. The stove being you on You know who overnight. it was? Yes. We're not bringing it up. <laughs> it's okay. They're you have been person. forgiven, mystery you, person. You've been, you've been forgiven. forgiven but, but you could have killed us all. We could have died and or and or just been in financial ruin for burning down a house which i'm sure none of us paid for the insurance for for the rentals insurance i didn't say don't think so hey i have the excuse first time uh, moving to a different country uh properly so yeah that was my excuse america everybody yeah america's rules if you if you've never been to america come to america come to la you'll get the greatest (laughs) you'll get the greatest it's people awesome. talk smack all the time but like where i live at least it's like really nice like i don't live in i don't live near downtown or anything like that but like i'm really happy of like where i live currently obviously it's a little bit expensive um but there's a lot of LA, things for me in walking distance which is cool it, it's it's got its own little pockets of things you know my my opinion of la is that it's the best it could be the best city in the world 
if they just removed most of the roads and just had like a good public transportation system. Yes. Oh my but God. But yeah. because of how awful the roads and stuff are, it is one of the worst cities in the US. Because yeah. if you want to go, for example, I was living in Van Nuys and the studio for um, the Valorant Americas League was in Santa Monica, which is, I believe, 12 miles away. It would take me shortest 20 minutes to get there. That's like a, that's, that's reasonable, I guess, maybe to an hour and 10 minutes, which was most of the time. Most of the time it was like an hour and 10 minutes for 12 to miles. go 12 miles. Yeah. I was looking at my Google map history. I spent 50 hours in my car in April when I was Holy. working that. That is more than two days in That's my car. crazy. Just going to and from work. Yeah. No wonder I was depressed. So yeah. if I have to work there next year, I'm going to live like right next to the studio because LA idea. is not a great place to live if you live far away from work. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a car and I recently learned how to drive like last year. Mm -hmm. So that was my like big thing was like, okay, I finally got a car. And I had that 2004 Honda um, when I met you uh in glendale like that was my my car but i've just paid off my other car now which still cost me like 20 grand 23 grand or something which is like good for the car and it had like forty thousand miles on it um and it was the car that i showed you the, the scion yeah yeah um, and like i've got that now i paid it off and i'm like okay this is sick i now have a vehicle but still like driving to the studio which again takes 20 minutes sometimes but then it also takes up to 40 minutes uh luckily the roads that I drive on, like, they're not that bad. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but like, it can take anywhere near from 20 to like, maybe an hour sometimes actually, depending on if there's like an accident. Or how whatever. far, but, how far away is your work from where you live? I don't how many know. miles? I don't know. That's the thing. I just don't know. I, I, I don't use uh, GPS anymore because I know the route, but uh, I don't know how many miles. I, I no can respect that. I, I, I know it takes that. 20 minutes or it takes like an hour. Like it, that it is really so awful. How do it's you bad. stave off like getting depressed? Like, do you just, like, have, like, insanely good podcasts, like, the deep dive to listen to? <laughs> yes, I listen to the deep dive on youtube.com forward slash Azure Scast. Now, I listen to, I end up listening to music or I listen to, there's a podcast called the Fall of Civilizations podcast, which is quite good. Yeah. It goes over, like, the rise and fall of, like, the Roman Empire and stuff like that. Or, like, some other random That's shit. cool, but don't you get sick of it after spending 50 hours a month in your car? Weirdly enough, no. I know. It's really kind of weird, isn't it? I actually don't mind. Because I feel like I, I at guess some point, you just fall high. into the copium of LA. Maybe. I think that's going to be me at the end of next year if I'm living in an LA. Like, I'm going to hate it initially. I'm going to get depressed. And then eventually, I'm going to go numb and be like, Maybe yeah, that's it's fine. It. It's also <laughs> probably because I've not been driving for too long. But then also at the same time, I'm like really happy that I'm going to a studio to work. So that kind of happiness and joy is kind of overriding maybe the long depressing journeys in my car. I'm just um, imagining you in your car, just like, just, <laughs> just I'm going like to work. Yay. De default LA driver. <laughs> F-150 moment. Like, I don't even know what the default LA driver is doing. Raging in just their sitting in their in car, going three miles an hour in back-to-back -back traffic on the ninety, or whatever yeah. it is. It's not the ninety; it's the one or whatever. The what is the one hundred five? I don't even I don't know, know what road I was on. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. shout out yeah. to traffic. Should we that should out. talk about the weather now? Weather's sick in LA. I had some my AC on for the first time ever. 
That's the one Dude. thing that I hate about the States sometimes. I have to turn on the fucking AC because I'm cheap as shit and I don't want to fucking spend money on AC. You're a little frugal guy, aren't you? I you am gotta, very frugal. I gotta. Guy. I want to I wanna do Platchet Overwatch again. Shit. I miss doing it with you guys. You need to come on Valorant. Maybe you can cast Valorant and oh. Overwatch at the same time. Have you ever thought of doing that? Because I think yes. you would be a good... I mean, I think you're... I'm trying to blow smoke up your ass, but I think you're one of the best... I think you're one of the most underrated casters in the scene. Well, what do you have to say that. about that? I have no I think you are. comments, but I do appreciate that coming from you, Kurt, honestly, especially on like the production side of things. It's always nice to hear someone on prod say that kind of to thing. To be fair, I'm, I'm a big fan of my own friends, so... That's good. That's good. You, you do have a little bit of leverage on that point, but I do think you are very good. Like, I think you're... For Overwatch, you can do color and play-by-play, -play, but I think you'd be a really good play-by-play in Valorant. Like, I've always loved the pacing of Valorant and like tax shooters in general. The pacing for me is very fun because it's very like I, we're going like really low and like, okay, they're, so they're setting up for the round mm. and then when it escalates, you go higher and higher and then boom, you hit the crescendo. It's like bang, bang, bang. And especially with tax shooters, it's like one tap headshot. It's just like you can really just rattle off some sick lines or like some sick kind of like just commentate on the place like okay he hits one two three gets taken out like i've really loved the pacing always have done overwatch is very like almost adhd sometimes so it's like yeah ah, I do think time. that's why i think overwatch has produced like some of the best casters uh in such a short period of time is because of how hard the game is to cast like the only other game Can't that i could tough. think of that might be harder than overwatch to cast would be like dota maybe mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, there's just so much crap going on all the time, and you have to, you have to, uh, as a play-by-play, -play, you have to describe what is going on while it's happening super fast. Like, as a viewer, I have no idea who's going to win a fight, but as a play-by-play, -play, you have to basically illustrate, like, why they are winning the fight right now, why it's happening, while it's happening. And then color, you get, like, what, 20 seconds to explain what the fuck just happened before the next fight happens again? Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's insane. Like, in I, League of Legends, just, that's not a thing. Like, yeah, in League of Legends, you have like, just three casters just, like... Uh, actually, do they do four casters? I do, they do three casters. They do three for, like, world finals and stuff like that, which is crazy they'll have two colors in a play-by-play -play, but league of legends is like not okay not big to fight, say that it's not hard fight. though no i think with i think with like the pacing of league of legends and the pacing of games like tack like tack shooters it puts more pressure inside casters to be more of like storytellers and like yes contextualize what the stakes are and go into different areas of casting that are more like uh macro i guess like, what does it mean in regards to, like, the tournament? Like, or what does it mean in regards to the whole league? And obviously, like, personal storylines and whatnot. Um, and obviously, when you have those big moments, you got to hit them. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. they don't happen as often as they do in Overwatch. So the pressure is on. When those big moments happen, you don't want to be fumbling over your words. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing for play-by-plays. And that's what play-by-plays live for, right? It's those big, like, bang, it happens. Yeah. Like, something crazy. Someone hits, like, a, a double with an op or something like that. Like, it's... It, like that's what you live for that the, the adrenaline rush and like the same thing in overwatch but like with overwatch there can be big moments but because it's on the upset it's quite a hard game to to what not only like spectate but to cast too because there are so many things going on and like that problem has been lessened in 5v5 which has just been a godsend for the game because it's made the game more viewable um and more watchable and also 
it makes things more important too. Like individual kills mean a whole lot more in 5v5, like Overwatch 2, than they did in like uh, Overwatch 1. So, you know, picking up... And it, I, I put down that a lot to like me playing the game a ton because I play every fucking day. I play at like a decent level too, you know, like and being able to, to pick up on those small things and like translating that to the viewer for Overwatch is a lot more difficult than I'd say for, for Valorant where Valorant's like, okay, bang, he's dead. Bang, he's dead. Bang, he's dead. You know, like... It's yeah. Sometimes rounds literally come down just... to the guy can shoot the person exactly. Head better. Yeah. Obviously, it's... there are other rounds where it's just like insane utility uses. Oh my god! Like they just locked the other team out of the site without even shooting their guns. It's sick. Um, there's a lot more dynamism in regards to that. But yeah. the the thing with the five five or Overwatch that resonates with me is when five five first got announced, people were like, "Oh no, we're gonna yeah. be losing the double tank meta. We'll never see this again." It's like, do you really miss Re uh, Reinforce? Wait, what is it? Reinhardt. Reinhardt. <laughs> <Reinforce>. <laughs> I'm brainwashed. Do you really miss Johnny? Johnny Allen. is dead in Overwatch Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie. You're going to miss Ryan and Zarya. Oh, no, the bubble on uh, Ryan Force is crazy. And whatever else happened with, like, D.Va and shit. It's just, like, it's just well, confusing. It's not it was interesting just to me. They I had too, personally too long hated watching just... the original Overwatch. Yes. Overwatch 2 is so much better to watch. And it comes down to that, like, um, individual hero play stuff, man. Like, you get to build, like, from a production standpoint, like, I'm a huge advocate of, like, hero building and building up stories like this is the guy you want to watch yep. like they are the one that if they have a good day i know they're on the worst team in the league or whatever if they have a good day they can beat anyone like we've seen it before and you can show actual examples but with the overwatch one with 6v6 it was just so hard to like really build that narrative and like have evidence to back it up besides like yes i guess like numbers it was uh, <laughs> overwatch one was like just a slugfest like yeah. that's because that's what it turned out to be because at the end of the day that's why quad tank came around because if you don't die then you can contest the point and you can contest objective yeah. and then maybe you can kill someone else. and that's when goats came around if you don't die then guess what happens you mm -hmm. can contest the point you can contest the objective like if you just don't die and that's when double then they were like okay how about roll lock two tanks two support yeah. team yes oh how do we don't die? Oh, we sit behind two shields. Mm -hmm. That is how you don't die. I'm so glad they got like, rid of most of the shields in Overwatch 2. Dude. In Overwatch oh 2, it's a lot more brawl and there's a lot more yeah. like killing people and like I yeah, love it's... I love shooting people and then when they die. Yes. Or there like my damage shields, is doing something. But like, like Arissa's lost her shield, like Ryan has uh, Ryan is rectangle man, Winston has bubble, but like those things become less of a factor because there's not another tank that can also shield next to you and shorter yeah, time it's... to kill is better for games fps games in my opinion and yes i don't know how far you can take it with overwatch but that's why i think like tech fps's are so fun to watch is because the stakes are so high like a guy with one hp can kill a team that has 400 total hp because they clicked their heads like with four bullets it's way better total. yeah like it's the stakes are always high the pressure is always high there's always a chance you know yeah um i love low time to kill and i love i'm, I'm a big advocate of hero building that's what we've been doing we've been pushing from a production standpoint um with valorant is just trying to build these players that are good but they don't really have brands they don't really have they haven't really made a name for themselves but they're good they might not be on great teams but they're really really good so yeah. we want to get people 
We want to get their names on people's radars. So if their team does get become good or if they get traded, this is a big deal. Like this team did improve because they got this player and you should know who they are by now. Um, yeah, I know, I, mean, I don't that's, know. That's what's <laughs> really cool in Valorant as well is that aspect is like this one person, even if they are on a bad team, they can still click heads. And they yeah. can still do well and they can still put up numbers. I would say it's a little bit less so in Overwatch because there's a lot of team play with like all the hero mm. abilities and whatnot. But uh, Vegas Eternal recently, like Dove, like they're the worst team in the league. And Dove on that team went like nuclear on one map, like was just hard carrying on Tracer. And like he almost 1v4'd this one point, almost. And it was just, even though he died and couldn't get the 1v4, he still killed like three people and it was just like, that was just unreal crazy to watch yeah from like the worst team in the league and it was just like that was awesome and like people talked about that moment and that's what's really cool and i love doing that in like casting too and like building up that single player and like looking at them being like they they are really good even if they're on good teams or like medium level teams like mid teams like it's really cool to look at that pair and go they're sick like they're really cool they can make cool plays and like with overwatch 2 it's way more apparent when people are sick because there's only five people on the on your team only 10 people on the map which is yeah which is which is sick like i think the majority of people that miss 6v6 are just deluded like in general like there's dude come on oh I, when, I when team fortress 3 team, when team fortress 3 comes out welcome it's gonna be 5v5 welcome overwatch 2 community that want to play it it's gonna be the best game ever made Valve is definitely working on it right now. They've been working on it for like a decade. They just haven't told True. anybody and no one knows. That's why the heavy updates not come out, bro. Yeah, the heavy up they stopped doing that. They stopped working on the heavy update and they're working on Team Fortress 3. Let's go! I, I had Copium for Team Fortress 3 for so long. I don't know oh, really? if that's how people had with like Overwatch 2 or even like potentially Overwatch 3 at this point. Just I genuinely thought Valve was working on Team Fortress 3 for so long. I play, you know how you're saying you had like 4K hours in Team Fortress 2? On my main alone, guess how many hours I have in Team Fortress 2? Only on my main. On your main? Oh, it's got to be like 6, 7K or like something like that. No, it's like 10.5. 10.5K. And I think I have like about a thousand on like a production account. Oh my God god that's crazy i, like, I that, played the shit out of that game it, it mean like it, it means so much to me i wish to yeah i mean i mean i i love everything that i do i love my life right now but i'd be hard pressed not to drop everything i'm doing to just go hard in team fortress 3 if that game came out it's like a huge portion of my life like literally 12 years that's, more than that jeez i love honestly, that game. mad respect though like it if that was a, a reality, which, you know, probably not, but it's just like a... I really Dude, don't shatter my dreams. It's I'm TF3 not shattering coming them, out Next year, okay. 2024, TF3. It makes sense. It'll be yeah, perfect time. TS2 will be out. People will be bored of the game already. Like, Yo, people are going to be wanting a new... People are going to get bored of TF2 finally, even though the game is still growing for some reason, even though there's no updates. <laughs> it actually still is. I think it, TF2 has, like, the highest average concurrent players still then it, that's it's just growing ridiculous growing. i mean it's like, one of the best creative... possible <laughs> i don't know i mean it's a great game it is a good game yeah. also I it could just be bots TF2. that are just like farming hats who knows um that's fine that's fine too yeah. still numbers we should maybe. play tf2 josh we said jaws jaws jack i'm whatever man 
I'm just I'm just a pile of flesh and bones, bro. I'm just bumbling through life. Do you ever feel that way, by the way? That sometimes you're just bumbling through life and you're like, oh, see what's around the corner, see what's next kind of deal. I feel um, like in esports, a lot of people feel that way because of how I would say, ridiculous yet the year to year is. I would say when it comes to talent, I think that's, that's part of the divide that I was... Um, I didn't really illustrate my point about the divide between talent and production. I think the main reason it feels that way, at least from a talent perspective, I think it probably feels like more of a divide from talent perspective than a production standpoint is because uh, talent are basically contracted like year to year, event to event. And I think that's where a lot of the talent insecurity comes from is that I need to be the best, otherwise I'm not gonna get hired again. Like a lot, it's hard to get long-term contracts for like Valorant Champion Store and like the Overwatch League. Th those are rare when it comes to esports. Yeah. Usually you're getting hired event to event. And if you're a producer, usually you're working under a production company. Like obviously I work for Riot and there's producers that work for Esports Engine and other networks that do run leagues and events for companies. But for a talent, you are just bouncing around, just posting on Twitter, like, I'm, I'm no longer yeah. working this event anymore. Please hire me. And I think that's where the divide comes from because it's just like you're working with, a lot of people are working with a lot of different producers or just not sure what their future holds. Whereas like from a production standpoint, um, I would say there's more job security. And because of that, I think there's like a lot less tension between, I mean, from my perspective, there's no tension between like any producers I've ever worked with. It's just like, yeah. let's just make fun stuff. Yippee, yay. But I can see, I have seen tension between talent. And I think it's because of just feeling like you're on your own island, like bumbling around through life. Yeah, it's no, it, it definitely feels that way a lot of the time. And I wish I could go back. And I think, I think, a lot of talent would also wish the same to go back in time. I wish I could go back in time myself in 2020 and be like, you don't worry. Like it's going to be okay for the next few years. Like just, just keep on going. You know, here's but a like, little hug. Here's a little hug. Here's a pack of magic gathering cards. Just go on your way, son, go on your way, son. And like, yeah. don't worry for the next few years, you know, just keep on trucking, keep doing the same thing and just like keep on getting better because every single year it's like, well, off seasons come around. I want to work. I don't necessarily, sometimes like you don't necessarily have to work depending on obviously how much you're paid, but like, you know, you, you can maybe take the off season off, just wait for the next year. But like, mm -hmm. ideally you just want to keep working for myself. I just want to cast every day. If I, if I could, I just love the, the craft of it. And mm -hmm. like with talent, it's like, okay, okay. Next year. Great. Okay. I, I'm getting hired. Okay, sweet. Am I getting hired though? Yes. Okay. I am cool. Okay. That's what like, about what next year? Contract negotiations? Should I ask for more? Like how much should I ask for? How much yeah. are the other casters asking for? Am I as good as the other casters? Like, exactly. is it weird if I like ask for more? Or, like, should I just ask for less? Like I want this that's job, why agents but come I don't in, know. Yeah. Agents kind of go crazy <laughs> with that. But like, just the reality of you not not having a job next year is like so scary and like yeah like two in, year the, in the in the house the vibes were like very high tension between a lot of the like everybody except for like me and Wyatt because we were just like vibing we were just there like I was trying to get production work then COVID happened and that was not gonna happen and Wyatt was just vibing man he was doing yeah. his own thing Hell yeah. like you what Wyatt was like buying and selling clothes at that point too he doesn't yeah, he now doing... sell he was doing like car parts as well. I remember talking oh, to him yeah. a lot Oh yeah, he was doing that doing remotely. Yes. Uh, yeah. You should do a deep dive with Wyatt River I'm underscore gonna. on Twitter. Um, it would be very I good. That, Probably a little bit more focused. I'm, I'm all over the place. It's just kind of how my brain works. But 
Yeah, I think I think that's something that will never be solved in the ecosystem of like production and talent just because of just how finances work and like yeah. everybody's getting paid and some people just sometimes the economy takes a dump and people can't get paid so you have to cut people. I don't know. In it's in a just... perfect world you can just have like a 5-year contract and just exactly. not worry about like job Don't security but i do think that's why like you might feel that way because i kind of don't at least now that i'm like working with riot i feel pretty secure with it like obviously there are contract negotiations and stuff but it's just like it's not it's not as intense you're not really competing with people it's more yeah. of just like l life situation like for example for this upcoming year they're gonna want me to move to la so that's just like Got to pay the LA tax. And I'm sure they're aware of it. And we'll just come to an easier consensus. But for talent, it's just like, I don't know. Like, there's so yeah. much more stuff involved. Like, you're literally competing with other people that want your job. Like, say, like, uh, popular CSGO casters, like, I want to do Overwatch now. Okay, good luck. Yeah, now you are all competing against them. Yeah. Like, and that that is always kind of a worry. Although I will say that is so... It's way more less, uh, it's less likely to happen nowadays when like if another caster from another, a big game would be like, hey, I want to do this game because they haven't, it, it, the game's not new anymore. You know, the league is not new. So it's yeah. a lot harder for them to come in. However, they will still be heavily considered if it's someone from league, if it's someone from Valorant, if it's someone from CS, if it's someone from Dota, like they will be heavily considered over a lot of other people just because of how well they've done in other games and shit like that. But I feel like, a lot of the time now, that's not really a worry because different leagues have been going on for so long. It's it's more of a well, these people have put a ton of time in and they're good. Like, why would we why would we kind of give that up? But that's always a fear in the back of everybody's minds. And like, maybe you need to tell that to the 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 like the Valorant talent because I know there's a lot of stresses with all that stuff with the Valorant talent, and I think it's understandably so because the game is still yeah. growing, the talent is still developing, like people are constantly getting scouted still, and it's because the game is so young, and it's like yes. we're always trying to find like Riot in their best interest is trying to find the best uh ecosystem of talent for their respective leagues, which creates competition, but I don't know how healthy it is. Um, and whenever new games come out, that's it's just like a reset like it's all a these race yeah it's like a, a rat race <laughs> i remember that with overwatch league bro. or overwatch yeah. 2 i remember that with valorant yep. it's 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 so strange and from a producer standpoint you're just like kind of just like uh like imagine if you're like a lead producer for a new game like riot's making a bunch of games they'll release a new game they're like oh we want to do an esport as a producer you're just sitting like hmm, who do i want yeah it's such a comfortable position <laughs> Yeah, and then and then we talk. It's like, well, if I can get the job, I can pay rent. That'll be sick. Like, I'll be freaking wicked, dude. Yeah. Like, I think one of the scariest moments uh, over the last couple of years is like, I signed a two-year lease, and I was like, ooh, I feel dodgy doing this. Like, what if? What if? Yeah. You know, like it's that's always like the scary thing, and it's not a nice way to live, but it's also kind of self-inflicted because at the end of the day this is the career path i chose and i love this career to pieces and i just want to keep doing it um because i love the craft and i love the game and it's just something you kind of have to deal with or get over or whatever and just i, I think of... it's inherently competitive yeah. it is and very competitive I, too. It's, yeah. it's i have respect for you guys because i wanted to become a caster 
I, I still think it would be fun to do like broadcast work. I, I think I would love to like host at some point, maybe like an online event. I've already talked to um, my boss about that and usually, like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but may, I mean, the, the thing is, the reason it's like, yeah, maybe is because there's already so many good talent to yeah. do that. Like, why are you going to have a producer do it? But I would love to do it. It's, it's fun. It's interesting to me, but I, it's safer for me because I already have a fallback for like my production work. A lot of talent exactly, don't yeah. have that production experience to fall back on or like any like safe experience to fall back on. Um, but talent work does sound kind of fun. Like you do have, Ooh, you do get that, like that, like one thing about production that you don't really get is you don't get that like ego boost to like people following you, but obviously <laughs> you don't get that ego boost to like people following you, like growing your social media brand, Bro. which is part of casting it, it is. as well. Like, it is actually an integral part of casting is growing your brand. Like that's like how players become popular. Like in Valorant, a lot of the most popular players are not even close to the best players in their respective leagues. It's because they have the biggest streams or like the biggest TikTok. Well, probably the biggest streams, but some are from like TikTok and like YouTube as well. Um, and growing your brand is just super important when you're like on camera. Yeah. And that's not something I'm good at. Like people no. are probably, people are, are not at this point in the video. There's no way. No, no, you reckon no <laughs> not one's for watched. me. If you have reached an hour and forty four minutes into the video, type in uh, a sentence with, with the, the pants word, emoji. With a pants emoji, blue jeans emoji. There you go. Bam. Whack it in there. Let us know how far you've come. Or how, how yeah. maybe, maybe you know maybe look. Maybe I'm I mean this I, video I, to get I'm a just cynical views. and hard on myself. I think that's how a lot of talent are as well. Like, yeah. I think a lot of the best talent are just hypercritical of their own skill. Yes. Like, you know, Golden Boy, oh, like the, he is one of the yes. best hosts I've ever worked with. He, he is, is the just most like, critical human being He is being just like, dude, I suck. I'm like, it's like I don't even know saying? what to say to you, man. Uh, like, it's crazy. It's like, crazy you don't he thinks that. Yeah. You, like you worked with Dwayne, your friend, your best friends with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's not actually, but he worked with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's done like actual TV network work. He is one of the easiest people I've ever worked with in my entire life. And he's like, man, I don't think I did a good job. I don't think I'm very good. Sometimes, like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with he you? He is one of the best at what he does, like top of the world. And yeah. he's still that critical. It's crazy. All of you guys are like that. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's hard. Like, what it's are hard you looking? Away. Were you looking for compliments, bro? Like you're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to really come away. I understand it completely because it's very hard to step away from a cast when you finish it and been like, "Wow, that's really good." There's only been a few times in the world or like uh, in my career that I've been like, "Okay, that was good. I enjoyed that and I did well." Because like, yeah. oh, you messed up a line here. Oh, you could have said that differently. Oh, you literally flipped words around by accident. One of the things that I learned from all of you guys with like plat chat and just being friends with a lot of talent is like the best talent. And I would say some of the best producers are so good at rolling with the productions when, or the rolling with the production when things just fall apart completely. Like being able to like take a pie in the face. If something's broken, just like laughing at it or just like making it into content. And I think that's what the best talent do. Like not necessarily laughing at it, but like going along with it. Cause I'm sure you've yeah. casted games where it's just like, whatever feed you're looking at is just like frozen or the HUD isn't working or it's like, like four FPS. I'm pretty sure that happened a lot during the COVID days. It did. Yeah. The really laggy streams because everybody's trying to use the internet and the whole, like the world infinite in, uh, internet infrastructure just like dies, you know, like, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of times where that's happened or like there's no audio at all. 
or like there's no video feed but there's audio and stuff like that like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wild to think about the the amount of issues that like online broadcasts have like that viewers can't see but yeah if you just roll it's, it in. it's one of those things you have to roll with because from yeah. a caster's perspective like people don't notice how bad things are on your end unless you like make a point to get mad about it or get frustrated about it and same with a production standpoint like all of our producers and every producer i know including myself like if you cut to the wrong camera accidentally and then cut back to the screen you're like oh fuck man yeah. but like if you're just like they don't notice like it doesn't well, matter so just like rolling with the punches and just like staying cool is like so integral to like making a good product and i don't yeah. think people realize that no no one uh, at the end like, of the day like no one really cares you know like you flip to the camera for the well, yeah you know and like same with casting you say something wrong by accident but like you're saying stuff so quickly anyway that no one notices it's just like but you beat yourself up internally like yeah yeah, that's the... We're our own worst critics. Thing. Exactly. When you look in the mirror, you gotta just be like, you look beautiful, queen. You're doing okay, champ. Yeah. yeah. And give yourself a high five. That like, might be a little on. bit too depressing. No. That whole situation sounds kind of depressing. It's like you're posting on the internet. It's like, you post on Twitter. It's like, I'm feeling super happy today. It's like, oh God, are they you're okay? De- uh, yeah, they're not okay. Someone's to check in on that. Today is going to be awesome. I love... <laughs> That's how Threads is right now. Have you seen Threads? Oh my yeah. god, it reminds me of like Facebook. It's. I wish it was good weird. though. I really hope that they expand like the feature set because it could be a better Twitter for sure. But mm. my main com, uh, my main complaint about Threads right now is that if I see someone else comment on someone's thread that I don't follow, I see the person I don't follow. I'm like, I do not care. Like, yeah. I just if I really want to see what people are commenting on, I can go to their profile and have a little replies thing, whatever, like Twitter does. But I just don't care if you're commenting on something that I don't follow. Like, I don't yeah. really see that. I Dude, want I want to talk about threads. Talk. I really like doing this podcast thing. Hey, we'll talk about you're, threads. You're, you're, you're good on this pod thing, but I have to go, Jaws. I have a Borpa business meeting. We have been almost do. going for two hours. So yeah. what we this will do- This is super fun. What we will do, we'll do a part two. And in fact, next week, we'll do a Commander Night or something because I just bought new Commander cards for my night deck. Mitch is getting some new cards for his. Let's do it. Next week. I have two decks. I'll bring both of them. Do it. And then we'll get some other people as well that are involved in the the esports scene and we'll go from there. Um, Kurt, I'll put your links and stuff down in the description below. Make sure you go check out everyone follow me my content that i post on my twitter and my instagram it is amazing you're not gonna want to miss it class two million followers across all platforms and check out platforms uh check out plat chat sorry yeah platforms social media threads goodbye everybody appreciate you kurt peace see you soon